0: So good morning. Excited to be together this morning. I don't know about you, but I love this time of year. Um, it is full of wonderful things to celebrate and be a part of and enjoy. You know, one of, the, one of my, my favorite pastimes this time of year is the act of, of diligently trying to keep my wife from ever traversing past a sign that has anything to do with a Christmas bazaar on it, because inevitably the the car just tends to find its way into that particular place, and then we end up spending large amounts of money. And uh, we were at lunch yesterday over near uh, Lynn County Fairgrounds, and we were enjoying a wonderful meal together, and I just glanced out the window to see the Lynn County Fair reader board and the words "bazaar" traips past it. And I tried desperately to keep Gretchen from looking over to notice what was going on in the, in the distance. But uh, inevitably she looked over and saw there was a bazaar and we ended up at the Lynn Can- County Fairgrounds. So it was, it was wonderful. Um, I'm pretty sure we put about 100 miles on our little steps watch there, uh, traversing through there. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We got a lot of wonderful things that at some point in the next two to three will be put away in storage so it's great it's all good but this particular season is is a wonderful time and and it is truly a time that we love to celebrate um, but we've started a series entitled searching for christmas and really the desire is is to unpack the promise of god with us emmanuel and and the, the impact jesus arrival has on each and every one of our lives and it's it can't be understated that that Jesus' arrival on earth was a momentous occasion and it was an important defining moment in history. And yet, all too often in the, the midst of this season, things tend to get missed. And it, we have to come to this place of understanding that, that this time of year, every person is coming to the Christmas season with different feelings and emotions. For some, it's Enthusiasm and excitement to be around family and friends. For others, it's it's challenging, um, and and many are are struggling through this season, having experienced loss. And it's important that we come to each interaction that we have with a sincere desire to embrace relationship and and be willing to listen, and when able to to share hope and and the joy of the season, because many are not experiencing that. If you were with us last week, you know that uh, our text for this series is found in Matthew chapter, ver- uh, Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-eight. And if you want to flip there, uh, you can join us in your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, uh, you can jump on the U Version Bible app and simply uh, search "Neighborhood Church" under events. But Matthew chapter one, starting in verse eighteen, a very familiar passage of Scripture it says this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. She will give a birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child, will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you that as we come to this place of understanding your presence and your promises in this season Uh, Lord, we want to embrace Emmanuel, God, with us. We want to embrace the promise of a Savior that changes the whole situation for us, that that truly places purpose in our lives. And so today we celebrate. We celebrate the birth of your Son, but more importantly, we we celebrate your love, God, in, in desiring to send your Son so that we could have life and life more abundant. We ask that you would challenge us and encourage us today by your Word. And Lord, that your presence would just be with with us. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for this time. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the reality is the way that that, that God chose to bring the promised Messiah into the world can at times be a a bit hard to to comprehend. And and certainly, it, it often leaves people a bit confused with how to respond. Take gift giving. I can always, I can remember there was a there was a time for Gretchen and I as young parents when we were desiring to be those all star parents that would do the best job of gift giving. And there was probably some years that we were better than others. Um, You know, we eventually I think came to the philosophy of let's get them three different gifts, one being practical, usually ended up being clothes, which they were always super excited about. One being educational, so we would get art supplies and you know, different things like that for the kids to play around with. And then one that was fun. You know, We're, we're holistic parents. You know, we, we believe in, in, in bringing all facets of the child to bear. But it was, for us, a challenge to, to figure out exactly what that should look like. And it reminds me of the mom who, when her daughters were little, would always tell them around Christmas, this is Jesus' birthday. And remember, he only received three things, so don't be disappointed with what you find under the tree. And when it came to Christmas morning, she asked her children what they thought Jesus would think of Santa and all the hype surrounding Christmas. Would he ask Santa a question? And her youngest daughter then replied, I think Jesus would ask, how come I only got three presents and none of them were toys? That's the reality, sometimes we lose sight of what's important this time of of year and, and in this season and it, it can become difficult to see the true meaning of Christmas through all the hype and the noise and there's a reality that comes in, in embracing God with us and it's this it's easy to believe in God with us when we find ourselves on the mountaintops of life it's easy to embrace God with us when everything's going great right you get a raise at work or you know you you find that 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 perfect gift you know it's 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 easy come to that place of saying god with us when all things are going well and for christians it's 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 often easy to believe in god's power and presence during those mountaintop experiences we can acknowledge god is good you know i i'm i'm, I'm seeing favor at work and you know my my wife and i are doing well and we're not You know, yelling at each other, fighting like cats and dogs during Christmas because God's great. You know, the journey of faith with Jesus is often dictated by good experiences. Like I said, you get a raise or, you know, your your favorite sports team wins like the Niners are going to do here in a few minutes. Or you get your kids to sleep through the night. And I get an amen from all the parents, right? You see little small victories. You get that perfect, per- perfect parking spot when you go to the, the overly busy you know, store to buy Christmas presents at the last minute. And it's easy for us to, yay, you know, God is good. God with us. Our family dynamics are strong. Relationships at work or with friends are, are healthy. And we can declare God is with us. But the desire can naturally become wanting to go from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience and just stay on that that, that spiritual high of Emmanuel. But I learned an important lesson early on in life what goes up must come down. You can't just go mountaintop, mountaintop, mountaintop. That's not how it works. You know, I learned this 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 lesson early. I remember when I was like 10 years old. My younger brother and I, he was 8 at the time and and my cousin I think was probably 9, and my aunt had sewn us these Superman capes. And we thought, well, it, you got to test out the whole Superman cape vibe. And we were sitting atop our bunk bed because bunk beds are awesome, and when you're a kid, you should have have a bunk bed it's kind of a right of passage, and you know where this is going we're all on top of the bunk bed my cousin thinks well i'm going to try this little superman thing out and he went <whistles> off the bunk bed only to have gravity take over and he, he splatted and ended up with a broken arm but the, the the reality is what goes up has to come down at some point you know it's not smart as a general rule when you're playing lawn darts throw them straight up in the air and then just stand there right we all get how this works I also when I got to be a little bit older and started to find different hobbies I, I enjoyed cycling I still do and I figured out very quickly after going down a large hill in West Salem and I was on my road bike and I'm clipping down this hill at 44 miles an hour I read it on my little cycle computer and I'm not gonna lie it was fast and there was a moment of time where I thought, if I hit a small rock, not even a big one, just a small one, this is probably not going to end well. But I remember getting down to the, you know, the bottom of that hill and thinking, man, that was cool. <laughs> I want to do that again. But of course, once you get down to the bottom of the hill, you have to climb up another one. And that's not as much fun. I'm just telling you. If you're not a cycler, take my word for it. Just so we're clear, cycling right, is different than biking, right? You don't ever call a cycler a biker. Just so we're clear, we don't wear leather, okay? That's, that was free. But the reality is to enjoy the mountaintop experiences, we have to, at some point, traverse through some valleys. We have to go through some difficulty. We have to go through some trials. And the difficulty comes in seeing and sensing God's presence in the valley seasons. Because it's hard. When we face adversity, when we face hardship, when there's stuff that's coming at us and we don't know how to deal with it, it makes it difficult sometimes to see and sense God in the midst of it. It's easy when we're on top of the mountain. Woo-hoo! God's good. But when we face the valley, the whole situation changes. And all of us, if we're honest, tend to struggle to sense the power and presence of God when we're walking through that valley experience. All of us sometimes find ourselves focusing on the issue or focusing on the problem or the the difficulty that's coming at us. And it's true that the valley represents many different things for many different people. For some, it's, it's loneliness. Some of you are are facing loneliness in this season, a season that, that ordinarily is about celebration and togetherness and, and family. But you find yourself alone. For others, it's a fear of what's coming next. We've all lived through the last year and a half of, oh my gosh, what's coming next? And for some, that's, that's, that's crippling. It's debilitating the fear and the worry of what's coming. For some of you, it's it's hurt from a relationship of you know hurt, you know, or betrayal or whatever it is, or, or or shame from a decision you made in life that you carry with you each and every day, knowing that you made a mistake and it hurt somebody or 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 it caused a vision in an important relationship. Some of us are just waiting for the next bit of bad news. Here's a here's a free tip. If you want bad news, just turn on the news. It's all bad if you watch the news for very long. So, the natural solution is just turn the news off. But we find ourselves in that place of just saying, what's going to be next? And every one of us is likely either experiencing a valley season or we know somebody or are close to somebody who is, who's struggling through that valley, who's struggling through that hardship. You know, the valley, or, or as some people will, will call it, the desert. You know, if you want to get real theological and, you know, really dive into spiritual writings, the dark night of the soul, it represents this spiritual crisis in the midst of our efforts to grow closer to God. It represents that force that's working against us as we're trying to draw closer to God and His plan and His purpose for our lives. And people experience it different ways. Families fractured and divided during the holidays over opinions and beliefs on what we shouldn't be doing this time of year or in this season. Marriages that are strained by financial uncertainty. Literally holding on. And those who are walking through the unceasing hurt and pain of the loss of a loved one. Grieving, struggling to find any joy. Gretchen and I know personally people who are grieving, people who are navigating through job loss and ministry transition and close friends, people who are in custody battles for their kids, not knowing what's going to happen. Quite literally, people who are waiting on God for their next step, their next paycheck, the next night's stay somewhere. And there are many who are struggling through valleys. Valley places often represent battles. They represent loneliness. They represent that sense of desperation that we can feel when we don't know what's going on or we don't know why it's happening. The truth is the valley can also bring about seasons of great growth for us if we allow them to. Growth that will build and strengthen our faith. Valleys can bring us closer to God's plan and purpose the reality remains, we will naturally experience the power and presence of of God differently on the mountaintop and the valley. It doesn't happen the same. It doesn't feel the same. Mountaintops are victory and yay and yay God. The valleys are anything but that most of the time. But the truth is God's presence is enjoyed on the mountaintops but knowing him intimately happens in the valley the places that we come closer to god are in the valley or in that struggle but we can celebrate his goodness and his greatness when we find ourselves on the mountaintop i want to turn to psalm chapter 84 the psalmist in psalm 84, starting in verse 5, said, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. You know, this is an interesting passage of Scripture that begins to unpack what the valley really looks like. When we, when we think about the valley seasons of life for, for all of us, it, it, it creates a different picture. But if you read or study up about the Valley Baca or the Valley of Baca, the Valley Baca represented desert country. Not, not like glorious country, like, hey, let's go down to Phoenix because it's too cold here and you know, we're going to snowbird it down there because it's warm. you know. But it represented a desolate desert country with thorns and with wild animals and snakes and vipers and, and cats and not like the cute, cuddly ones that my wife likes to surround herself with. I don't think she's quite a con- achieved cat lady status, but it's getting close, like dangerously close, but not the kind of cats, like, you know, like bobcats, like the, the kind that want to gnaw your arm off, right? The Valley of Boc was not like a, a wonderful amazing vacation destination. It represented hardship. The Valley of Baca was often referred to as the Valley of Tears, or the Valley of Weeping, or the Valley of Loss. It was not, you know, happy place. And the reality is when we are walking through these types of valleys in life, the, the mountaintop can feel like a, a brief rest stop on the road to more heartache and disappointment. Because when you look at that kind of a valley, nobody wants to go there, right? You don't even want to visit there. You don't even want to drive by that place. But sometimes we have to walk through those valleys in life. So let's unpack this passage just for a few minutes to better understand why Traversing through the Valley of Baca is such an important component. Psalms chapter 84, if we go back to the text, verse 5 says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Whose strength is in God. You know, for, for those who don't know God personally, what you have is what you have. That's it, right? What you have in life or what you've amassed or accrued or whatever you're doing, that's it. That's just, that's reality. That's your life. That's it, you know? Death and taxes, whatever you want to say. That's, that's where we begin and end. And for so many of this, this time of year, people are exhausted and they're overwhelmed and they're frustrated and they can't take it anymore. And some don't know if they're going to make it through this season. They just There's that level of hopelessness. But if we read that passage, blessed are those whose strength is in you, it doesn't say blessed are those who make it on their own it's not what it says at all and the tendency when we when we face the valley the tendency when we are walking through struggle and hardship is to want to isolate it's want to it's to want to pull back and begin to depend on our own strength and our own plan and our own purpose and our own the reality is we see in Scripture repeatedly. When you are weak, He is strong. 2 Corinthians 12, His strength is made perfect in your weakness. That means that when we're struggling, when we're weak, when we're exhausted, when we're overwhelmed, that should not be a time to say, I, you know what, I give up. That's the greatest time for us to press in to God. That's the greatest time for us to call out and say, God, I need you right now in this moment. Because His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Psalm 84 5, this, this scripture in the New Living Translation reads like this What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a, pilgrim, a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Reads a little different in the NIV, but what an incredible translation. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It says, Blessed are those who have their minds set toward God. When we fix our focus, when we fix our attention on God, we'll be more equipped to sense. And understand his blessings in the midst of hardship. Scripture says in Colossians, Set your minds on things above, not things below. We see a theme here? And what things should we be thinking about? Whatever is pure and lovely and excellent and praiseworthy. The Bible says, Think about those things. But what do we tend to do when we're in the valley? Do we think about those things? <laughs> Probably not. I know I don't. (laughs) You're like, gosh, what in the heck is going on? God, I need you to get me out of here. You're like, where's the next exit? I want to get off of this highway. I don't like this very much. The truth is, what you think about matters. It's the power of your confession. The world might be spinning around you, but you can say, God, I know that you're with me in this, I know that you're present, I know that you're faithful. I know that you can say, peace, be still, and all this stuff will just mellow out. You know, though our current circumstances may find us in the valley, we have to keep our minds fixed on God. You may be walking through the most difficult season of your life, but that's not where your focus has to stay. We can choose to fix our mind on God. My heart might be anxious, but my mind is fixed on God. Your soul may be heavy and aching. You might be struggling through the most difficult emotional time that you've ever experienced. But you can keep your mind fixed on God. My emotions may be racing. There may be too much to do, but my mind is fixed on God. Your marriage may be hanging on a, by a thread. You you may be saying, I don't know how to pay for Christmas this year. You just... I don't know where it's going to come from. My mind is fixed on God. Because here's the reality. It's never in the victories and the wins and the mountaintops that we discover our need of God and each other. That's not where we figure that out. It's during the deepest, darkest struggles that we truly begin to understand the power and the presence of God with us. That's when we figure that out because we're desperate because there is no answer. We've got to come to that place of understanding that God's presence may be enjoyed on the mountaintops, but knowing him intimately, personally, relationally happens in the valley experiences. And here's the reality. The valley is the pathway to the place of peace. That's what we see. The valley is the path to the place of peace. We have to go through it. Psalm 84, 6. If we stay in this text, says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rain covers it with pools. So while we may be in the valley, it's important that the valley is not the destination. It's not the we already talked about that. The valley is not the vacation. Excursion. Hey, let's go to the valley. Just hang out there for a few months. It should be great. No, the valley is is not a destination. We're just passing through. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We're going through. The reality is in understanding the way is through, not out because our tendency is to want out when we're facing struggles when we're facing adversity when we're facing hardship our our tendency is to say god get me out of here like where's the little vortex you know time you know continuum thing that i can just step through and get out of here because i don't like what i'm experiencing but we got to go through Too often our desire is by any means possible, any means necessary, to get out of the valley. But the reality of understanding the way through is what is going to carry us to the promise. You know, in Scripture, and in, in this passage of Scripture, we see we see this reference to Zion, or in the New Living Translation, translation Jerusalem, and in Scriptural times, Jerusalem represented the dwelling place of God. Jerusalem was the city of refuge, it was the place of peace. And so, when we look at that, we have to understand that to get to the city of refuge, to get to the place of peace, we have to travel through the valley of tears. But that's a hard reality to embrace. you know in the king james version it says as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs the autumn rains cover it with pools sorry that's the niv the king james is instead of saying they make it a place of springs it says they make it a well so as they pass pass through the difficulty they dig deep what's the principle when you find yourself in a dry place When you find yourself in a desolate season of life, what should we do? Start digging. Dig a well. Because the path forward will always be dictated by our level of belief during the trial. The path through will always be dictated by our faithfulness and our level of belief of what God can do in the midst of the hardship. Dig a small hole only catch a little bit of rain I remember when I worked for Jeldwin Windows and we were building windows in Southern California if you've ever been a contractor you know there's a certain point where you can't keep building and there was a kind of an old joke that uh, you know all the contractors all the builders in Southern California when it started raining they would just draw a circle about that big and if they had more than 12 drops of rain that fell onto that little circle they would okay we're done And sometimes we find ourselves in that place where we want to dig a small hole. We want to have small belief. And if it's getting too overwhelming, we just want to jump ship. But if you dig a well, you'll experience the life-giving elements of springs of water, springs of living water, Jesus' presence, God's presence in our lives. Because God's saying to you, show me your faith, and I'll show you my faithfulness. If you believe, I will step into the situation on your behalf. I'll show up. You you won't be alone. Buried in this passage is a promise, but it's a difficult one because we have to go through. So if you dig it, God will fill it. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's what God says. If you seek me, you will find me. If you make room for me, I'll reveal myself to you. His promises don't change. They're there every day. But God will rarely reveal Himself when you're rushed. When we're running around doing all these different things, is not when God's going to show up and say, hey, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm walking through this with you. What does Scripture say? Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Probably one of the most difficult things for us to do in life is to just be still. It's just to take a moment, to take a breath, to pause. But that's what God is desiring. Be still and know that I am who I say I am, that I'm with you, that I'm for you. And my promises are yes and Amen. time spent walking through the valley is really, at the end of the day, just a preparation to witness the true power and presence of God. It's a preparation time. When we walk through the valley, it's preparing us for what God is going to do or what God is currently doing. And all this helps us because the prayer and the preparation done in the valley Shows up in God's power and presence on the mountaintop. The work done, the the desire to dig a well and to dig deep into God when things aren't going great shows up when we're on the mountaintop. Because now all of a sudden, when we experience the power and presence of God, it's not a one time thing, it's not a singular moment. It's a time where we look back and we reflect and we say, God, I remember you walked with me through this. And through this, and through this, and through this trial, and through this difficulty, and now here we are. And I see your blessings. And I see your power. And I see the amazing things you're doing in my life. It's a journey. Not just a destination. Not just a stop. You know, it's important that we remember God never says we won't go through valleys. It's not in here. You can look. And look and look. If anything, we're promised that we'll have to walk through valleys in difficulty. But God does promise that we'll never have to go through valleys alone. What does Scripture say? Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. We're going to walk through valleys. We're going to walk through struggles. But we don't have to walk through, through them alone. And perhaps in this season of celebration of lights and tinsel of Christmas carols and good cheer, the season of God with us, you may find yourself walking through a valley. That may be your reality, your present, your your present situation. And it may feel like darkness has taken over and the walls are closing in and the storms, storm waves of life are coming up over the top of your boat, and you feel like you're about to sink. And it's all you can do to hang on. It's in these times that we have to cling to Jesus, to Emmanuel, to God with us. Understanding that He is your light in the darkness, that He's your peace in the storm, that He's your joy in the present trouble that you're experiencing. And He's your strength. When you're weak, when you're in your most vulnerable place, God's there with you. While we enjoy the power and presence of God on the mountain, we cannot lose sight of the intimacy found in getting to know Him in the valley. That's where we're close to Him, that's where we sense His presence, that's where we cry out. He says, I'm here. I'm right here. Psalm chapter 139, starting in verse 7, says, Where can I go from Your Spirit? Where can I flee from Your presence? If I go up to the heavens, You are there. If I make my bed in the depths, You are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, Your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What an amazing promise. There is nowhere you can go from God's presence. There is nothing that can remove you from His love. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know what's going on. But God's message to you is clear. I'm with you. Whether you're on the mountaintop, whether you're in the the valley, I'm with you. My presence is here. So no matter where we go, no matter how far we wander, no matter the decisions that we've made that we feel like have disqualified us from God's love, we can rest on the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. That means He's got us. That means no matter what you're facing, He's got you. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we prepare to close? Father, we thank you for your promise. We thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, not just to be the perfect sacrifice so that we could have life and relationship, but so that we could truly experience God with us. That we could experience what it means to know your presence. Father, as we face all sorts of situations and circumstances in life, I thank you that we don't face them alone, that we don't have to worry about what's going to happen next. But we can have confidence that you're walking with us. God, today we place our trust in You. Our our commitment and our confession is that You are God and we are not. And we trust You. We thank You that You've got us. That You know every detail of our lives. You know every worry and concern before we even speak them. But Your desire is that we would speak and we would confess our need of You. And so this is us this morning saying, God, we need more of Your presence. We need more your power need more of your peace father we ask that you would give us boldness to speak life in the midst of darkness to acknowledge your love when we feel overwhelmed i pray that you give us the courage to do that that when we face the valley we, we wouldn't face it alone but we would know that you're with us Father, I just pray that You'd give us that confidence today. And this morning, perhaps you are in a place where you say, you know, that all sounds great, Emmanuel, God with us. It all sounds great. It looks good on a poster. But I've never really understood true peace in life. I've never really known what it means to have purpose. We believe that when we step into a relationship with Jesus, when we choose to follow Him with our whole heart, that it brings purpose and understanding to our lives. Not only do we step into new life and relationship with God, but the trajectory of our life becomes more clear. And even when it's not clear, we have confidence knowing that God is guiding and directing our steps. So this morning, if you are in that place of saying, you know what, I, I've never made that decision or I've, I've been away from God. I was serving Him for a season and then I feel like life pulled me away from that. God is calling us back to Himself today. He's saying, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm walking with you in the storm. The Bible says we just need to acknowledge His presence. In Romans it says, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. It's that simple to step into relationship with God and to see and sense His power and His presence in every moment. We have to make a decision. So if that's you this morning, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. We want to say a simple prayer, but as the Bible said, if you confess it and believe it, God will desire to step into relationship with you. So today, can we say this prayer together as a church family and those who are coming to a point of decision? Can we say, Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. And he died and was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with you. I ask you today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So excited for the decision that you've made this morning. We are grateful to be able to celebrate this important decision in your life and in your journey of faith. We want you to know you're not on this journey alone, but we'd love to come alongside of you. If you've made that decision to follow Jesus today, we'd like if you just grab one of those connection cards and let us know. If you're watching or tuning in online, if you just email us at info at albanync.org and let us know. We'd like to take those next steps with you, get you a Bible, Help you in your journey of faith. But this morning I'm excited. I'm grateful that we are stepping into this purpose that God has created us for. That we're acknowledging that we're going to go through good times and bad. That we're going to go through those mountaintop experiences. But we're also going to have to walk through the seasons of struggle. But God's faithful. He's with us. He's going to bring us through it. And as we come out of those places, there will be hope and joy, and strength that we can share with those people that we come in contact each and every day. So that's our mission as we go out of this place, not just to sense God's power and presence in our own lives, but be those that would point people to Him and help them understand that He has a purpose for their lives as well. God bless you today. We're excited for our gingerbread wars tonight. It's going to get ugly quick, so get here early. But if you haven't signed up, we would invite you to come out anyways. We're going to have hot, hot cocoa and tons of fun. So please be with us. It's going to be a great time of community and a time of laughter and, and enjoyment. Pray God's blessing on you this week. As we go out of this place, let's continue to be the neighborhood. God bless you.